Good afternoon, I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and still 21 or 22 movies into the franchise, Marvel does not suck. Hmm. We are talking today about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. This is a special episode, it is our last fresh Marvel content ep until... The Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't. I mean, well, we can probably do some throwbacks. There'll probably stuff. be like flying cars and people live on on those poles, like in uh, the Jetsons. You mean tubes? No, they live on. Well, I don't know if they're tubes. <laughs> I think they're tube people. Hmm. This is in the Jetsons. Can you, this is the longest I'm we, going we're to all, be. We're already <laughs> having the Flintstones, and the Flintstones have a crossover with the Jetsons. So they I do. feel like the Jetsons universe is already part of this universe, even though we haven't mentioned it really. Uh, well, I mean, we have a Flintstone, uh, Glengarry Bedrock. Yeah. And that's the real life Flintstones. They you know, maybe, the maybe the Bedrock people. Mm-hmm. The Bedrock are, people. I'm sure they were litigating, that. but it's not, Glengarry Gim Ross isn't about lawyers. <laughs> but if it was, <laughs> if it was, they could have a court case against the Jetsons. Maybe they're suing. Yeah, because they live, like, you know, all high up in the clouds. That seems like a sequel. I don't know if we want to bring in the Jetsons in our already Flintstones heavy co- crossover. Mm, okay, fine. But in the sequels, we're in bringing the sequels, in the Jetsons. we bring in the Jetsons. Oh, we have so much to do with this. Glengarry Bedrock has been standstill since October 2017. Yeah. Nearly a year ago. Have you seen much Jetsons? Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was a child. Yeah. Not anymore. You don't keep up? I do not keep up with the Jetsons <laughs> any longer. I have way Keeping too... Keeping up with the Jetsons. <laughs> I have to watch way too many Marvel films multiple times to keep up with the Jetsons. Yeah. But <laughs> here we are. I was watching a Flintstones advertisement the other day. Okay. That was for Bush Beer. Oh. And the tagline was, when you need a beer, Bush does it. Bush doesn't need a does beer. Does it. Oh, does. <laughs> well, it does it. It does it. It scratches the itch of needing a beer, I guess. What is it? That? Yep. Oh. Needing a beer. Needing a beer. And Bush does yeah. it. And, and the, the premise was that uh, Barney and Fred quit their jobs. Okay. Is this a cartoon? A, yeah. Got really? jobs as bartenders. I didn't think you could cartoon. And then their old boss came in, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Bonnie, we got to get our jobs back. Being a bartender is too hard because everyone's drinking Are too they much." From Boston bush. now, kind of. <laughs> I don't think that's where Bedrock is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, they're too tired from being waiters because everyone loves Bush so much. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've had a Bush, do did did they sell Bush in restaurants? And this bar they did. It was the only thing they sold. Oh my it's God. all anyone ever wanted. That sounds miserable. Um, but yeah, I so guess then, it's prehistoric times. There's only like one beer. I guess that's kind of fitting too, because Bush kind of tastes like the jungle, mm-hmm. and that's very much the time when Flintstones were around, the yeah. jungle era. Long story short, though, their boss comes in, they pretend to be someone else, mm-hmm. then they get their jobs back by getting them drunk. Getting the boss drunk? Basically. Is this a real commercial? Yeah. On what There's channel? Also- well, oh, this I seems mean, it's old. It's like from the seventies. Oh, okay, okay. Or I thought 60s. this was recent. Yeah, no, no. It's this like, old. Bush also, is making a comeback. They also have cigarette commercials that are probably more Ooh. famous. Okay, of them just sitting out back smoking a cigarette. Now, Marlboro. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, like they're probably smoking like a dinosaur tail. Well, it's a cigarette, but they didn't. But have... it's very specifically like you know branded. Yeah, but the dinosaurs Marlboro. had to, uh, you know dye to make the the oil that goes into cigarettes is that how that works it's leaves <laughs> yeah they had to Which dye they to had leaves, leaves. <laughs> you think they had leaves exclusively i mean they had leaves I don't think they had tobacco tobacco seems like a 1950s kind of invention I...
Nope. <laughs> Not good. All right. Much older. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't live before then. Lived in the 50s. I'm a 50s man myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, not a Beatles fan, then? No, no, no. I'm a big fan of the Beatles. It was kind of boring being around before the Beatles showed up, but at hmm. that point, I was 10 You weren't into old. jazz? Hated jazz. Hmm. What about the blues? Um, you know, it just made me sad. But they loved the blues. The Beatles did. Uh, yeah. You're too, you're too good for the Beatles' influences? No, the Beatles made it better. Yeah, for sure. but still. Like, they loved it. Uh, I don't think they loved all of it. Mm, they definitely loved the blues. <laughs> that sounds like all of it. What? The blues? The blues. You're... No, there's jazz. There's uh No, all of the some... blues. If you're uh-huh. saying they liked the blues, I think that constitutes all of the music. No, there's more music. First of all, there was only like two genres around before the Beatles showed up. Nah, there's there tons of genres. We just forgot about them because they, were, uh, they weren't Beatles. 70 years ago. Well, yeah, it's just not the Beatles. Hmm. I don't think anything will stand the test of time. Absolutely. Like, Sinatra's going to stand the test of time. Uh, A lot of his jazz greats. I think, honestly, Sinatra was about to be out by the end of 2018 until you brought him up on this podcast. Hmm, Maybe so. Nobody was going to remember him. Actually, I can say by... At, at all the weddings I film, mm-hmm. um, that everyone does like this is your job, correct? Yeah. Like you're not doing this like for fun. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's good um, to stress that there. There's always like a cocktail hour in between mm-hmm. the ceremony and the reception while they set up the reception hall, mm-hmm. and that's it's everyone's just drinking like cocktails and stuff. So they're always always playing Sinatra every mm-hmm. single time. Okay, that is just what fancy people like to listen. I to. mean, I feel like. After you know those people die and off, and then the reception starts, and they start playing like more contemporary oh, yeah, stuff. Nonsense. Mm-hmm. Ugh, wedding DJ lists are such bullshit. Most the weddings playlists. I go to have live musicians. Oh really? But they're That's just nice. fancy weddings, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ones you sneak into and take pictures. Yeah, <laughs> those are only the finest. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How'd you get into that? What peeping? Uh, they paid me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Your boss sounds like an interesting man. But anyway, all that to say, Sinatra's alive and well in the half an hour in between after a wedding ceremony and before the I reception think those start. people are just going to die off. Mm. We'll see. Okay. Well, only time will tell. I mean, I'll still be listening to uh, Old Blue Eyes. What's that? That's Sinatra. Oh, that's not a person. I mean, it is. It's Sinatra. <laughs> That's not a song that he wrote. No. Interesting. That was his nickname, I think. Could be wrong. I don't know that much about him. <laughs> well, you're defending him to the death. Something blue eyes. You think it's blue cock? No. You don't think that's it? You know, those guys used to drink like crazy. Yeah. What's What's changed? I feel like they don't as much anymore. Well, they're dead, so that's probably why. Well, I know. I just like lounge singers in general. Like, you don't hear about Buble getting smashed. I bet he does. But Sinatra was regularly, visibly smashed. Well, they didn't know all the damage and that he did. And uh, Dean Martin? Scorsese. Dean Scorsese yes. Martin. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> Acclaimed director slash musician. Uh, that guy. Yeah. So Yeah, that guy was even more of a drunk than Sinatra I just was. think Bush Light and all these other beers couldn't, mm-hmm. like, didn't have any alcohol in them. Well, they weren't drinking, drinking Bush. Like they were drinking rules. liquor. That's true. I mean, liquor probably didn't even have liquor in it. I mean, they're drinking Mad Men style, but, like, doubled. Yeah. I mean, but the life expectancy was shorter. Do you think that's because people have slowed down drinking? Mm, A lot of it had to do with... uh, Quitting drinking. Well, no, infant mortality going down. Mm. Rather than individual people living longer, which they also are doing. Yeah. So the averages are definitely, you know, 
expanding both ways. Mm-hmm. The baby lives yep. are expanding, and the old people lives yeah. are expanding. Yep, and they keep voting. <laughs> they do. Well, the yeah. babies. The babies, yeah. yeah. We gotta stop babies from voting. <laughs> they shouldn't be able to. No, because it's just like their parents voting. If you can't walk to the ballots, you can't You can't vote. vote. That That's seems what I obvious. Say, yeah. That seems so obvious. But everyone's against that. Do you think everyone's so for for, for baby. baby votes? Yeah. Oh, they're just like which guy looks like the guy on the Gerber bottle? That's who I'm gonna vote for. Mm-hmm. It's it, they can't form opinions. Yeah. They're so lazy. Any other Marvel mailbag news? Marvel since it's going mailbag. Into hiatus, uh, hiatus for uh, so long. See, that's the thing. It's going into hiatus for so long. I will say, they did confirm that Doctor Strange will not be featured in Spider-Man: Homecoming two. Yeah, which sort of poo-poo's my theory. Mm-hmm. And I said to you that I thought I proposed an alternative. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I think he should slum it with this guy, but I don't remember who that is now. Uh, yes. And also that podcast will be coming out in the future. <laughs> so that's going to be very confusing. Yeah. People will hear whether or not I did after they hear so this. So tweet at us after that happens, mm-hmm. please. We'll try and check our Twitters during the eight months of non-Marvel stuff. I don't know how I'm going to live. This is the longest I've ever had to wait for a Marvel movie, like since 2008. What, what's DC got on the docket? Aquaman in December. Hmm. Don't really want to see that. Did you hear about the Wonder Woman sequel? No. It has, they're being sued because it has this, the screenplay has apparently the same plot, I'm doing that in air quotes, by the way, fans, mm-hmm. the same plot as Captain America Winter Soldier. Hmm. So there's like a rogue Amazon woman she's used to be friends with who is indoctrinated by Nazis. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes place in the 1980s. Huh. Also get this. That's pretty glam. Chris Pine is in it. As? Chris Pine. The the love interest who exploded in the plane at the end of the oh, first movie. Oh right, yeah. So he's back. That's cool. <laughs> I, really I like Chris Pine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. If Marvel did that, you would hate that. Mm, well, I haven't seen it yet. So you, but you were an advocate. In abstract for theory, Woman. I don't really care. <laughs> when once it actually manifests on the screen and they go through with it, maybe I have a problem. This is November 2019. This is coming out. Yeah. So this I'll, I'll never watch that movie. Well, because that's going to be. Post Infinity War, or post Avengers Four, mm-hmm. and that's the last superhero movie I'll ever watch. Uh, you're not going to go into Spider-Man: Homecoming Two is right after that. I bet Too you want to see that. Mm-mm. That was like your favorite. It was, and you're just cool. you're done. Yep, that's after it. After four, none. after four, you're no more. Uh huh. You're not so invested in these characters. Nope. At all. Honestly, I could go without seeing four. The Marvel really? Universe could end with a snap for me. Oh, my God. Even though I already saw Ant-Man, so it hasn't. <laughs> so it has to keep going. Nah, it's just, maybe I'll quit here. Why? I mean, who cares? Aren't you having fun? Uh, Talking about Marvel? They're pretty fun, but yeah. they're not... I don't. I feel like I'm not invested in these characters in any meaningful way. Even after 20 films, <laughs> like I kind of don't care what happens to them. This is like a full Marvel podcast where we talk exclusively about Marvel. Yep. This is this is a special up. This is going to be the last fresh Marvel episode until March 7th or 8th or 9th sometime when Captain Marvel comes out and we watch it opening night because Jordan is just as eager to watch that as he's been all these other movies. we record the episode the next Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Ah, you don't think in eight months you'll come around and be even more excited? For Mrs. Marvel? Captain Marvel. 
Not my captain. <laughs> <laughs> captain America's your captain? Nah, he's not my captain either. Who's your captain? Um, oh, Captain, my captain. That's the phrase they say describing. Yeah, the guy who says that line is your captain. <laughs> yeah. No, so not, not the person captain. he's referring to, okay. but him. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So any theater nerds who know who that guy's character name is. <laughs> um, why don't we dive into this movie full on? Because you okay. know we like to we like to go in depth on these Marvel films. All right. And I want to hit the beats on this one because it is a Marvel film. Sure. Um, so I'm going to start out like I usually do with my Avengers. Mm-hmm. And i got to look at my sheet real quick. i got to see. All right, I'm just going to give my review. No, you can't. You have to give it at the end. I that's, know. That's, that's, this, for a Marvel movie, I'll do it you have standard to. format. Okay, I gave... Oh, this is yours. It's too low. That's too low a score to be mine. You're so far from the mic, no one can hear you. They can hear me. No. Uh, I gave Ant-Man 1 a 4.5. I am going to give this a 4.75. Oh, a little improvement. Yes. An Ant-Man sized improvement. An Ant-Man sized improvement. Mm -hmm. I do think... We do have thirds now since the Wasps. We do have thirds, so... Are you sure you don't want to use that just for fun? Uh, Yeah, that's true. I kind of do want to use it for fun. I'm going to give it a 4.99. Oh wait, I can only do one third. Yeah. So anything less... Oh, I could do 4.83. 4.83. Because that's a half. That's a Bruce Banner, and yeah, that's a yeah. wasp. Mm-hmm. All right. You so can even do an add an Ant Man to that if you wanted. Add one Ant Man. Yeah. Oh, and then I get. Well, that's a crazy. Five this point is, one. Ooh, this is way too much math. Oh yeah, man, this has turned into your podcast. Five point one eight. Yeah, I think something like that. <laughs> do you think that's a a good way to start rating these things? No. By, <laughs> by adding thirds and quarters. Well, see. In hindsight, thinking about Ant-Man 1, just all, since all these other movies have come out, it kind of like sets back everything like a .25. If I was rating Ant-Man now after I've seen it a few times, mm-hmm. I'd probably get it a 4.25. Wow. I'd probably drop it a little bit. Not too much, because I still think Ant-Man is a very solid So you're, you're finding out that my scores were more accurate than yours, and you're going to... No, 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 yours are down. way too low. Unless, which I'm not ruling this out, unless post-Phase 4 Marvel, they can't stop the train going uphill, and they just keep making amazing movies after amazing movies. Hmm. And eventually, they are to the point where the best Marvel movie makes Incredible Hulk look terrible, which mm-hmm. is going to be a while. Yeah. But it's possible. I mean, it does look terrible. <laughs> I look terrible on release. <laughs> I don't think so. I saw it in theaters. It was... It was yeah. Uh, as, a, as a youth. Um, why don't we start out with the plot of this film. Uh, begins with the pre-intro cred scene with the, the Marvel uh, icons mm-hmm. coming out. It's uh, Dr. Evangeline Lilly, Hope Van Dyne, and Dr. Um, Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Robotnik? Mm-hmm. That's not his name. No, that's the name of the bad guy in Sonic. Okay. <laughs> well, that's definitely not him. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll remember his name. Uh, it's been you know, a week since I watched this movie, which is why we usually like record it. It has not been a week. Of. It's been three days. Round up. To a week. <laughs> to a week. <laughs> to a week. <laughs> so anyway, it starts with him, Michael Douglas, saying, mm-hmm. uh, Wasp, your mother is in the negative zone. Mm-hmm. Or the nether realm. Is it the negative zone? I think it's the... No, they're not negative. It's just tiny. Tiny zone? Uh, I don't know what they I think call it's the it. the realm. Is it a realm or a zone? This is why we have to watch them opening, opening uh, night. I think it's a, the realm. Like the, They called it the... 
negative realm. Oh, it's not negative. Dimension? Is it a dimension? They might have said dimension. The, it's not microscopic dimension. It's like... Do you want to pull up the wiki review or the wiki plot thing? No, I mean, these are just made up goofy terms anyway. Maybe I should pull it up. Like the sub-microscopic. Sub-microscopic. <laughs> uh, sub... Ah, I feel like there was... Oh, you'll look that up, but you won't look up the plot. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is important to the plot. This is part of it. The sub-microscopic? Well, that's not a word. <laughs> I meant to say sub-microscopic, oh. but I just messed up. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. You'd think you'd be a better reader. Maybe if you didn't spend so much time with that. I, I wasn't reading it. I was thinking it. <laughs> Maybe you should it was read a mispronunciation. Your, you should read your brain words better. All right. I'm on the website. On the wiki? Yeah, the so wiki. I'm on the wiki. On the sub-micropic wiki or the Ant-Man and the Wasp wiki? Ant-Man. Okay. And the Wasp. Uh, Subatomic quantum realm. The quantum, quantum realm. It is but a But it is subatomic. Okay. So, they go to the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. And, or they say they can go to the quantum realm. And basically this leaves off where Ant-Man 1 left off. Or picks up where it left off. Yeah. And basically it just adds a scene that was in the post-credits of Ant-Man 1, but it wasn't really there. How's this doing at the box office, by the way? I did like $80 million opening weekend. Okay. Which, not bad. You no, know, not bad. I think it's following the Avengers hype. People are like, maybe there will be other Avengers in this one, and we'll see like what happened with them. Yeah. Or they're just going for that post-credits. Yeah. That GC. Yeah. Which I will say, one of my top five post-creds, probably. Yeah. It's pretty good. The first one. The first one. The second one, lame. Yeah. The Not second one is, is like the patience, the Captain America. It's a fun joke. Yeah. But, you know. Anyway. Um, we should have an episode where we rank all the post-credit scenes. How much fun would that be? How about this? <laughs> okay. As an alternate thing. Okay. What do you think about the humor overall in this movie compared to the first movie? I thought it was funnier. Yes. Okay. I agree. Okay. I thought this was a funnier I think movie. this was a funnier film. I think basically Peyton Reed, I think that's the director's name. Yeah, that's the director's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he um, couldn't, he, ha- he took over Edgar Wright's film that was already partially made. Mm-hmm. And then he started from scratch. And I think with, when he started from scratch, he got a fresh start and he could make it his own thing. And I think he could be a bit more generous with the humor and put yeah. it more fittingly. I think it was still like, it wasn't like, you know, Thor's funny and then Thor Ragnarok is funnier. That's yeah. like a completely different type of comedy. Mm-hmm. This is the same comedy. Yeah. But it was just better jokes. Yeah, Michael Pena was even My, oh, funnier than so he was in the funny. first one. He was the funniest part of the first one for sure. Yeah. But yeah. this, he's just even funnier and yes. then Paul Rudd is actually funny as well. Oh, really? I didn't I didn't really hear you laugh a lot in the theater, so I was curious. Yeah. I mean, I definitely heard you laugh more probably than any other Marvel movie I've seen with you at this point. You think more than Ragnarok? Uh, I guess. We weren't sitting very close in Ragnarok, I don't think. Yeah, that's true. I do... You did laugh pretty early in Ragnarok, but yeah. I don't... That's, I mean... You've, you've laughed at the opening line of a movie and never laughed again before, so <laughs> that's probably not a fair comparison. Um, so... I'm glad that you thought this was funny. I have, you know, whenever I'm watching these movies, I'm thinking in my head, oh, Jordan's not liking this scene. Yeah, in general, I'd say I don't laugh out loud that much during almost any media, even mm-hmm. when I do think it's quite funny. Internalize it. Yeah. Okay. I'm That's a chuckler or something. Like, okay. I'm not going to guffaw. Oh, I guffaw. Yeah. I guffaw in a big way. Um, anyway, we... Open up with Paul Rudd under house arrest, and he's hanging out with his daughter Cassie, mm-hmm. 
who apparently, a little more Marvel mailbag, they have recast her character, and she will be in Avengers 4, and mm. she's basically just an older version of herself now, but in the comics, hmm. she becomes, like, not Ant- it's like Ant-Man's daughter becomes one of the mini-Avengers, or the young Avengers, hmm. or something. So I think they're going to kind of launch that. So they're recasting her because she won't be old enough in time? Yes, but they're saying it's going to, time travel's going to adjust it, hmm. or they're theorizing Interesting. So they're going to do... Because this girl's done a good job. Yeah, she's kind of lame that she has to get... Uh, I mean, is she going to be... Cast Is out. she going to be an 18-year-old in five years? Nope. And then she's out. Mm, what a shame. Yeah. What if they... Uh, like, you know how they, they de-aged Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas for this movie? What if they just they age did. her up? <laughs> you think that would work well? <laughs> no, it would look so bad, but I'd love to see them try. Like tiny Paul Rudd in the Ant-Man suit that doesn't yeah. quite shrink all the way? That was a, uh, I like that that hoodie scene yeah. where he was running, he was around, running around with the hoodie. Yeah, we'll get to good. it. Anyway, uh, so we're in Ant Man's on house arrest, mm-hmm. and uh, him he set and up Cassie a really have the maze, yeah, a really very intricate box maze. Though so he has a lot of free time. So. Yeah, he's got time to build a maze for sure. Yeah. Um. So then they go do that, and who comes to pick them up? Well, they he his leg breaks through the fence, so oh, someone has right. to come and be like, "Hey, you can't break out." And he's like, "Hey, it was an accident." To establish that he's on house arrest, and that guy was funny. What was that guy's yeah, name? The the cop, the Randall FBI Park. Guy. Yeah, he's in. I've seen him in stuff. Yeah, well, he was in the interview. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I've yeah, seen him in. That's probably his biggest role. Yeah, he's been in other stuff, but he was also one of the. He funniest was very parts of funny this. in this. Yeah. like he was second to Michael Payne. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I just the magic. I loved the like how'd you do that trick? Yeah, yeah. Like that was very good. Yeah. That was clever. Um so after he shows up, establishes he's a character, then we go to back to Michael Douglas and And also we know uh there Paul Rudd is now very chummy with his ex's family. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. It's kind of Paul Rudd. It's cute, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of I don't weird. see it being super realistic. Like, I can't yeah. imagine there are very many uh, estranged couples that have that good of a relationship. But, but you, maybe I'm naive. Have you seen Talladega Nights? Yeah. I, I saw it in theaters. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So did I. Yeah. Maybe we were at the same show. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> were you, did you watch it in Birmingham? Yeah, I didn't. Ah, oh, dang. Oh, no, I actually watched it uh, right outside of Birmingham. Uh, Huntsville. So yeah, we drove to Huntsville to watch this movie, <laughs> wow. and I was like, no. Went to go see the Space Center, and then yeah. we're like, Talladega Nights, the <laughs> anyway, perfect follow-up. My favorite part of that movie is the recurring bit where John C. Riley keeps calling Will Ferrell after he steals his family, as yeah. if nothing's different. <laughs> it's like, Cal, wait, no, why am I talking to you? Like, I don't like you. You stole my family. Oh, ah, yeah. come on, man, get over it. <laughs> That's a very good bit. So I feel like this is kind of like that. Yeah. But Paul Rudd has moved on, because he has the Wasp, and also he has the Avengers... And yeah. Paul Rudd name drops Cap, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, enjoyed. I mean, and there's no denying that uh, Evangeline Lilly is hotter than Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. No offense, Judy Greer. I know you listen, but <laughs> yeah, she's listening and she's saying, "Say goodbye to these." <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Evangeline Lilly has been one of my favorite uh, love interests yeah. since she was Kate on Lost. Did you know that she used to do? Uh, commercials mm-hmm. for uh, dating f- like telephone really? lines. Dating telephone yeah, lines. Yeah, like Tinder of the uh, air, or not so, airwaves. Of the phone lines. <laughs> so she was like young doing this? Mm-hmm. How like 16? I mean I imagine older than 16. Like how old 20-ish. she was. She this was like in the 90s. She wasn't Kate on Lost and I f- until 
I guess she was late 20s when she did that, but that was 2003 or maybe 2004. So the 90s would have been nearly a century before. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is, it was either a dating line or like a sex line. It's really, it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to tell. Oh. But yeah, you can find the ad. It's out there on YouTube. (laughs) Evangeline Lilly sex line. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. But it's it's marketed as a dating line. I just can't imagine that the ratios of people calling into a dating line would be even enough that you wouldn't have to staff women to talk to lonely men (laughs) (laughs) oh maybe yeah we'll look into this well i don't know maybe we'll call it on the next step we'll just see (laughs) see what see if it's still on a steal up and running (laughs) that would be fun that'd be a good app see if evangeline lily's still around get her on the pod maybe she's still on the phone marvel pod she had like a contract that she's just like i can't believe i'm still fucking doing this i'm making (laughs) ant-man money and i have to keep coming back to this um, but good on her. I mean, it's good to have multiple jobs mm-hmm. when or a hobby. Maybe or it's a hobby. Ho- maybe she's doing it for fun. That would be <laughs> nice. That would be fun for her. Yeah. And very generous to all these lonely men mm-hmm. who just need someone to talk to. Hey, you sound a just lot like the, the wasp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just came from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were after filming. Paul sent me home early. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, the not director, who gets to decide when I leave. <laughs> He's first on the call sheet. So he <laughs> yeah. gets to decide when he everyone goes. He gets to decide when everyone goes home. <laughs> That would seems like a very Paul Rudd thing to do. I wonder if he is number one, or he's got to be. Yes, There's I was no going to say Michael not. Douglas. No, right? I mean he has a lot of cultural. Anything over than Paul Rudd? Well, almost just like seniority, kind of. I know. I think he's kind of on his way out. So I mean, he's definitely maybe for one, maybe Ant Man one. You have that argument, but now Paul Rudd is Ant Man established. Yeah. He's not a guy who becomes Ant Man. He is the Ant Man. I wonder where Paul Rudd ranks on the list of famous comedians. He's got to be top like ten. Um, well, he's not even a comedian. No, really, he's, he's, just a, a he's funny a funny actor. Yeah, but he 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 is known for his comedic work. Yeah. And so great that he's just, it seems so natural to him. He's not even trying. Yeah. And this is just like how he acts. Like, I love the scene in Civil War where he's just like, he wakes up out of the van and he's like, hey, I know you. You're great. And yeah. Then, Had he been in much uh, before Wet Hot American Summer? Because um, I think that's the earliest role I know of him. Is he in Friends? That was, was in 2001, Wet Hot American Summer. Okay. So it says here that. His acting debut was in 1992 in the NBC drama series Sisters. Don't know mm. what that is. Don't know either. Um, it doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Wow, so that's not how a great it start. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has a wiki page. Yeah, no, it's a dead link. Yeah, wow. So it uh, did have a page. Yeah, it's like but it's it was removed. trying to reference a page that doesn't exist. Okay, uh, and that's unfortunate. We'll never know. Yeah. So Do you other think he was than one that, of the he sisters? was in Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, he was in nice. some version of Romeo and Juliet. He was in Clueless. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that might have been his earliest big role. Yeah, I think I do remember Clueless being. Yeah, because the rest of these raving about are Paul Rudd. And then what? What was he? I guess when Judd Apatow cast him in uh, Knocked Up and Forty Year Old Virgin. Two thousand two. He was on Friends. Is there anyone who Apatow hasn't made famous? Anybody Judd Apatow casts is like is set. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, Freaks even and Jay Geeks. Bruchelle. Yeah, and he's, like, I mean, he's yeah, not... against even, all odds, yeah. he's still famous. <laughs> <laughs> could you, like, Freaks and Geeks, could you imagine? Do you think they'd cancel that show if they knew how successful all of those people would become? Yeah. I was listening to uh, uh, Martin Starr on 
the Spider-Man Homecoming podcast? On Comedy Bang Bang. No, oh, but he okay. was promoting that because okay. he was talking okay. about it. Cool. And I was just, I was curious to hear him talk because I've only ever seen him like play characters. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear an actor like yeah. that outside of yeah. their roles. And he's so non-Gilfoyle. He's yeah. much more kind of... I feel like he's not, like, he's, he's not as goofy as his Freaks and Geeks character. Bill. Yeah. I feel like he'd be like a Bill. Yeah. No, nah, he's just kind of like a... I don't know. He just seems like a real nice dude. Okay. Have you seen him not in, quite in, in Adventureland? No. No. I think that would also be a pretty accurate representation. Yeah. I've heard kind of good things about that. I love that. Adventureland. Yeah. I think Is it great. worth it for me to go watch it? It's on it? Netflix. I, I think it's a really... It's probably one of my top ten coming-of-age films. Definitely top mm-hmm. ten. Maybe even top five. Interesting. Uh, anyway, Ant Man. We're here on the Marvel Sucks or Just Know It Doesn't podcast. Talking yeah, we did start talking about, about it early though, so we have time for tangents. <laughs> That's true. Normally, we don't get to it till forty-five minutes, and we're not, not even with at the Marvel movies yet. We started Infinity War off the bat. Well, yeah, but that was Infinity War. That, that was, was a big deal. Ten years in the making, just like this movie, Ant Man and the Wasp. Ten years. Yeah. We had to wait even longer for this one. You think Paul Rudd's ever done stand up? Yes. Yes, I do. I think all of those people have done stand-up at some point. I feel like he's not that kind of comedic actor. Maybe he's bad at it. He doesn't do it often. Yeah. But I think it's possible. What do you think of stand-up? In general? Yeah. Do you watch a lot of stand-up on your own? Sure. If it's if it's a comedian I like. I really yeah. like John Mulaney. I really like Jim Jeffries. Those mm. are my two. Anything they do, I love. Mm. I can't like Louie anymore because he's PR dead. Yeah. Oh. And I he was. He's so... <laughs> Set to be one of the like legends of comedy. Yeah, like not he was, anymore. he was. Not. If there was going to be a Mount Rushmore as of 2014, yeah, he would have been like on the short list. Like he might not have been on it yet because yeah. you he his career wasn't long enough. Like you already got to put like Pryor, Carlin. Mm-hmm. Who else would I put on there? You uh, put Louis up on the mountain with Carlin. I think Louis in his heyday was great. Well, I mean. We can't talk about him now. He's PR dead. He was great. No. Once PR dead, always PR dead. Who else would you put up there? John Mulaney. No. Oh, I think he's, he's not nearly established enough. He's He has one phenomenal special and two pretty good specials. I really like... I think he's just also a really great writer. Yeah. I think Louis C.K. hasn't had consistently good specials. I think all of them have been... Really? I think the latest one on Netflix... I think most of his specials were pretty great. Yeah, again. In I, retrospect, kind of troubling. <laughs> There's a couple moments where because he's you know PR dead. Yeah, I, but yeah, I do. I never was like like when I, I saw say Chappelle's also up there. Oh yeah, me. Dave Chappelle, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He does it like Hands no one down. else. Like he's just so conversational yeah. and stuff. He's great. Yeah, I love Dave Chappelle. Um, Him, Mulaney, Jim Jeffries would be my three. I can't imagine Mulaney. I love Mulaney, but yeah. I, I don't think he's on that level. I think New in Town is well. It's honestly my favorite stand up yeah. next to Jim Jeffries' Bear. Zach Galifianakis has a great special live from the Purple yes. Onion. We watched it in college. Yeah, I love that special. It's a good special. Again, but it's only one, so it's hard to put him as like one of the greats. Uh, true. But I think that special is phenomenal. It's very good. I also like specials that are kind of unique, like. Uh, like, cause that one he had like it cut to those bits where he's like being interviewed as yeah. Seth Galifianakis, mm-hmm. and those those are super funny. I would say another one of my favorites, and I just lost. Oh, Bill Hicks. He's kind of hard to watch now because his sensibilities haven't aged too well. Mm. Um, he's kind of like on that harsher end of comedy that I, I feel like we've seen. moved away from. Uh, but his there's there's some uh, 
really interesting editing in some of his old specials. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing some bit about someone getting shot, and then he does like a bit where he does like a gun sound into the microphone, yeah. and then he like falls to his knees and falls over, okay. and the editing goes all black and white, and then there's like a cross dissolve between two things, and he like very slow motion like mm-hmm. falls to the ground. It's very like I don't know. It's just like not what you typically see in just a run of the mill special. Like it had some more ideas behind it but he, he's a weird guy okay um, what about what do you think about uh shit i just lost it oh i had one another one i was I thinking think of who's like similar to bill hicks i think they came up together in like a similar similar comedy scene in texas mm-hmm. was sam kinnison mm-hmm. sam kinnison's really weird because that guy uh like he borderline straight up misogynist like but mm-hmm. he just screams and he used to be a pastor before he was a, a comedian, okay, and so he was Natural like he was a production. fire brimstone type pastor, mm-hmm. and then he leaves that life, goes to like total rock star the opposite way, just yeah. like partying super hard. Well, I mean, you got to make up for lost time, and then he's just like constantly screaming on stage. He wears like a trench coat mm-hmm. and like a beret. Very strange guy. Just, yeah, but I, I'd say he's like Bill Hicks has some parts where he hasn't aged well. But Sam Kinison, his stuff ages terrible. <laughs> like, he is just like, oh, this is a reprehensible person. <laughs> so these aren't on your Mount Rushmore. No, account. but, well, oh, Bill Burr, though. Bill Burr might be no, on I my, don't think Bill I Burr. I love Bill Burr. 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 I don't get Bill Burr. Really? Yeah, I'm oh. just not. It seems so easy. It's huh. just like he's swearing. I do really love him in Crashing. He's in two episodes of Crashing. Yeah. His character, he's playing himself. Have you heard? There's there's a great bit of his. He's at a show in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the three people that opened for him mm-hmm. all got booed off the stage. Really? He he goes up there. Everyone's booing him terribly. Yeah. And he just starts berating the entire audience for, for like five minutes straight until he does it like so well that they turn and they suddenly love him. And then he finishes his set and everyone gives him a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. But like the, the ability as a comedian to go into a room full of people that hate you yeah. and end the set loving you phenomenal yeah that's ever since i heard that i was just like this guy's amazing so that's how you first heard about bill burr uh i mean i'd seen some of his stuff on uh like comedy central when i was younger mm. but i i'd say that was one of the moments where i was like this guy's got some chops yeah uh and i just think his most of his specials hold up he definitely he's another one of those where he's like he uh will play around with some edgy material but i think yeah. he always kind of brings it back well kind of like Chappelle does like he'll push yeah. it some stuff and then he'll bring it back yeah I think Chappelle's um, just the man. And they both you, worked on the Chappelle show. What do you think? Obviously, Chappelle did. But <laughs> Bill on the Chappelle well. show. Yeah. What do you think about Jeselnik? Uh, he's good. I he's not like a legend or anything, no. but he's funny. I I'll he's watch great. his stuff. Yeah. yeah. Very entertaining. Um, I was trying to think if there's any other. Have you ever seen uh, any Stephen Wright? No. He is a he's a kind of one liner comic. Stephen Merchant. No. <laughs> He's he's like an absurdist one-liner comic, mm. and he'll just he just quips like just one thing after the other, non-connected for like ninety minutes, and they're just all over the place. But it's super engaging to watch, just because it's like, how did he get here? Well, and just how's he? And he's super monotone, like he's mm. just like kind of mumbling into the uh, the microphone, like Judah Friedlander's kind of like. There, that. there was there's one bit <laughs> that he did while he was on Carson, mm-hmm. where he was talking into. A, He's talking to the mic, and then he walks over to, like, the band. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, you know, those little boxes that they used to sit in, mm-hmm. like all those squares. And he's like, this is my impression of a, a, a bowling alley. And he just takes the mic, and he drags it slowly down the side of the thing. 
and then right at the end, he just slides it off and says, gutter. Because <laughs> you're like, you're expecting, like, the whole thing is yeah. building up to the hitting the pins, and then he just... Yeah, I wonder right, if I would have laughed without you explaining me that joke. Oh, it, it's, That's a very... It's, you really it's like kinda, absurdist stuff. Well, it's interesting because it feels like you're kind of watching like a high wire act. Because when you see someone like who's that weird in front of an audience of normal people, like the audience of the Tonight Show, yeah, like it takes them a second to get on board because they're like, "What's exactly yeah. happening?" That's I'm not kind sure of how if this I feel. Funny. Ninety minutes into their sets, yeah, they but do he, long. But sets. he's like, he's such a pro. He always gets people on. Mm. Um, Even me, probably. And and he he produced an HBO uh, short film. Uh, that was like 30 minutes long called The Appointments of Dennis Jennings that I would also recommend. I think that's super funny. But um, uh, it won Best Short Film at the Oscars. So he's an Oscar winner as a filmmaker. That's pretty good. Yeah, That's a good resume build. I don't think he directed it. So who's on your your Mount Rushmore? I don't know. Have you even listened to George Carlin? I feel like he's just one everybody puts up there because he's kind of... I've watched a lot of his older stuff. I haven't watched as much of his newer stuff. Well, probably not as good. Uh, people always say that he just gets bitter, but I'm a pretty cynical person, so I think I wouldn't. I know be I've watched a whole that. bunch of great Marvel movies with you. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, I'm sure he would not have been a fan of that. Oh, at all? No. You don't think he would have loved Captain America: no. First Avenger? Absolutely not. <laughs> he would have hated that. He would have been like a stupid propaganda movie. Oh, do you think he would have liked any of them? Uh. I mean, he he was definitely down for some silly... Like, he might have been okay with some Ant-Man or, or maybe Ragnarok. Or, I don't know. It's so hard to compare, like, because he's just so old by the time this I is coming out. I just want you to know what George Carlin thinks. That doesn't seem like that hard of a question. Well, a better question would be, would he have liked it if they were coming out in, like, the 70s? Like, if Marvel movies were just, like, transposed to the 70s with 70s sensibilities mm-hmm. intact... Would we'll he have liked know. it? Hard to tell. No, I don't know. That's impossible to find out. But he's also... I, I, I'd i say... Yeah, I've watched more of like his bits on Carson or his early stand-up specials. I watched... Uh, he was on like the Jimmy Dean show or something like that. You mean uh, Fallon. <laughs> no. Uh, but that was pretty interesting. Jimmy Dean is the sausage guy. Yes. The if very he, same. He that owns... Guy. He, he used to uh, have a night... Uh, it wasn't a late night show, but it was a night Johnny show. Carson? No. Are you thinking of Jimmy Kimmel? I'm thinking of Jimmy Dean. He went on to run the sausage thing. He from TV. Yeah, he, he went got, from he TV got to canceled. sausage. Yeah, and then he what was his mindset like? What was his thinking? I think process? he was he he. So there's a, a kind of famous bit of him getting canceled, mm-hmm. and he's basically like talking to the audience. It's like they want to pull the plug on us. Uh, like write in, tell them not to do that, and I think he ends up getting canceled anyway. And this turns into sausage making. I think that was just like a side business that like maybe his brother had, mm-hmm. and then they used his face because he was a recognizable figure. It's, and I mean the sausages do well. Yeah, I used to lo- eat a lot of Jimmy Dean sausages back mm. in the day. I, I don't know if I. I'm sure I've had one at some yeah. point, but never. I've always, never bought them for myself at the grocery store. They were store. always in the freezer, and I just like would eat them after school. Hmm. Oh, it was great. Yeah. More of those. Anyway, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. I never got to my Mount Rushmore, but I don't think I'm going. <laughs> but I mean, we'll get we'll circle back at the end of the ep. Okay. After you review the movie, I'll ask who is on your mountain, and we will do a hard cut right after you say the names. Mm-hmm. And we will not be able to do any more funny banter 
no matter how much we have. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this movie, why, where the hell did we leave off? We started, we started talking about comedians 30 minutes ago. Yeah, because we were talking about uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, who probably I mean, wasn't a comedian. He wasn't, no. <laughs> so, uh, they, they need to build, or they built a gate so they can go to the quantum realm to find their mom. Where does Ghost come in? Uh, who cares? Because that was a dumb part of this movie. Oh, I liked Ghost. I like powers were yeah, cool. Yeah, I liked her, her justification for doing things was stupid. The only thing I was not crazy about was her end arc, where she's like, her and Lawrence Fishburne like walk off at the end, and they're yeah. like, "All right, we're not." Really I thought it was so anymore. dumb when she was trying to like, like, uh, they were the only chance at success. Mm-hmm. Uh, is having them help and Lawrence Fishburne basically explains that like Harry Pym's a smart guy yeah he can probably help you Hank Pym sure who cares <laughs> uh, and then she goes after them again anyway it's like it, it, she's not serving her own best interest and uh, I find that very frustrating I mean, she's sort of irrational could you imagine she's being very irrational. constantly going in and out of reality like yeah. how frustrating that would but be but if that was as painful as she was acting like it I'd also be like well if you think that's the best way to do this I trust your judgment because I'm not a scientist and you're a scientist I don't, I don't think you think nas- nas- rationally I don't think you think nationally or rationally when I mean that's normally your excuse that. whenever Marvel characters do this, this is just, I they're just acting crazy you gotta put Jordan. yourself in people's shoes you're just like you know what if I was uh, no but if I was a translucent being, I wouldn't act like that. I think that they should have their own best interest in hearts, and I think that most people generally do. No. So I don't think they no, would. Def- you think people have their best interest in mind? Well, what about I, all the people who don't go to college? She's not portrayed as an idiot. What do we, I mean, she's pe- not dumb. She's smart enough to be a secret agent for uh, No, she's like a weapon. They just use her. She's not like... Uh, that, that job was not easy. What they, were, they were having her Because she has powers. Even then, you you do not take a moron with those powers and get the same results. I don't think she's she getting with her. She's so like a bad test taker moron. I think there's. I think she's smart enough to where that she she would have had they written her more honestly, she wouldn't have been doing what she was doing. I think at some point she would have realized that Walter Goggins' character was a, more of a danger, and she would have tried to help them get the thing separate from him. She might sort of... They just needed her to be a villain, so she was anyway, but I don't think it would made sense. If they do an Ant-Man 3, I think that that's going to be kind of like the arc. Um, they're going to have sort of an Ant-Man squad with yeah. young Cassie and then Paul Rudd and Wasp and... Probably Ghost, since yeah. she survived. And also, it, we're late into this now that I can mention my biggest pet peeve of okay, this movie. Okay, well, hold on, wait. Which was the constant stream of techno babble. That yeah, was, just, was, that like was more prevalent in this movie than, like, almost any... Like, it was just constant, and nothing makes any sense. Like, it's just, it's just generic scientific word vomit. And But, I mean, they're so scientists. Irritating. Talking about the quantum realm. Yeah. So you're saying Peyton Reed does this we, worse than any of the other directors. we got to align the vectors they for the quantum realm. They do need to align the, the vectors. Oh, it's the only thing that could have thrown off our calculations. Calculations is too scientific for you? They can't say calculations? I'm just saying, like, uh, anything that they have them say mm-hmm. is going to be so dumb. Oh, and then, like, then, like... Do you think any of it's oh, over Oh, there was part of it where they're like, oh, just uh, follow my voice. Mm-hmm. And then she'd... And eventually Lily was like, oh, it'd be like tracing a cell signal back to its source. Like, we needed that simplified <laughs> that we couldn't understand, like, just following you her voice. That's why she said that realm. line? That's normally why they add something no, like that. I feel that. like that it's was executive. It's like, hmm, oh, the audience is going to be confused. we got to no. dumb this down. It's like why... There's the, no way. It's I like why in the Matrix... 
everyone's brains were originally like the processing power for the computer that ran yeah. the Matrix. Yes. But then they changed them to being batteries, even though it doesn't make more any sense at all because humans don't put off more energy than we take in. So how could we be useful as Makes batteries? Sense in this fictional sci-fi world where humans are in. But that's not how it was originally written. That was changed by the executives to make it dumber because <laughs> people are too stupid. And this just uh, this is just dumb nonsense. Like even if they tried to like, I mean, you couldn't write good techno babble for this because the premise just doesn't make any sense. You don't think there's of a, a quantum person realm? living in the quantum realm for thirty years? What was she eating? She probably don't need food because time doesn't really happen. Yeah, honestly, well, except for it did because she aged. Uh, she aged thirty years very conveniently. The exact same that is weird time that, that they, she would have aged otherwise. That is weird that they did that because they're trying to make a point to tie it into Avengers Four that time works differently in the realm. Yeah, maybe she only aged ten years, but Michelle Pfeiffer just ages horribly. Also, imagine this: that okay, the quantum realm, mm-hmm. uh, timeless. Well, no, it's just uh, like your your relative size mm-hmm. in the quantum realm. Very tiny. Yeah. So, like, if we weren't to the quantum realm in this room, yes, this room would be gigantic, yes, like the size it would of be, the Earth. Yeah. So Paul Rudd goes into the quantum realm at his house. Yes. And he happens to get entangled with the mother from Pym, even yeah. though she was uh, on a rocket that was like flying over the ocean, presumably thousands of miles away. She ends up quantum entangled with him. It was astronomical odds. Yeah. Well, the other thing is... I'm just saying, nothing about this makes any sense, and they, they're banking on the fact that it doesn't, and no one cares. The In Ant-Man 1, I didn't notice this, but I read, someone tweeted before this movie came yeah. out, during the part, of the scene in the movie where he's floating through the quantum realm and he doesn't remember any of it, mm-hmm. you see the original Wasp in his glasses. Huh. You see her face, or you see her image, yeah. the Wasp costume. And it's very brief, but if you pause, and I looked at it, yeah, maybe she totally was just flying it. for thirty years in the and direction just, just of landed her home. In, yeah, just landed at uh, Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Totally possible. How convenient. Well, I mean, yeah, it's very convenient. Yeah. In a world with Thanos, you need to have the occasional convenience thrown at you. It's um, just. Uh... So, what do you think about Walter Goggins? I mean, he was fine. Yeah. His, his, he had at least kind his of rational because nice. he was like just in it. For I really lunch. like how there were sort of like three factions just always all working against each other. I yeah. thought that was a very fun trope that they don't I, really I do. The ghost one made more sense. I think it makes plenty of sense. I think I think she should have turned halfway through the movie when she realized that they were but the Lawrence best. Fishburne did exactly. She okay. should have turned when he turned. I still think she needs more time because she's very no, angry. She just needed more time to have another villain. I think she's angry. They just needed her for the fight Hank scenes. Pam. What did you think of? Uh, so, I thought the action of this movie was also really good. Yeah, just I thought with the, a lot the of size and the the phasing in and out. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say the comedy and the action in this movie very strong points. The weak points being the kind of plotting and the characters. What's wrong with the plotting? It's just like. Well, it it, re- it revolved so much on the the techno babble dumb dumb stuff, yeah. That it's just like whenever they're talking, I'm like this is just gibberish. Like I, I just think that's so frustrating. It's like to mm. to have someone have an actor saying stuff that has no meaning at an audience. It has meaning. No, it doesn't. The vectors. It has no meaning <laughs> at all. It's just like blah blah blah. 
We gotta go get her. What about blah blah blah? We messed up somehow. Blah blah blah. Let's try again. Like that. That's the the meaning of all the stuff that they're saying. But they can't say that because they're scientists. But the writers don't know how to convey actual scientific thoughts. You think they should get scientists as writers? Not really. I just don't. It just irritates me. Why, but what, like. What did Phantom Thread do differently? Like Chantilly Lace? Is there no, really no, a no, lace no, no, from no. Chantilly? That's the that's a, a great example of how a film does it completely right. <laughs> where like Paul Thomas Anderson figures out the actual details of sewing and You're stuff. You're telling like me that. there's such thing as a Chantilly Lace. I that's highly, not made up. Even if it is, it sounds right. Like you could So do the vectors. No, you couldn't tell me that's not a real thing because you don't know enough about like You can't uh, tell me a vector's not a real thing. A vector is a real thing. I told you. But in the context in where they're using it is super oversimplified, and they just use it because it's a word that people are familiar with. So as you're being telling me vaguely there scientific. can't be a quantum realm. I'm just saying that, uh, like in Phantom Thread, in a movie yes. like that, they get all the details very precisely right. That's like a period piece where everything is just like, like they they consult historians, they consult tons of people to try to get it as accurate as possible. You don't think he just calls phones it in one day? He's like, I'm this. Probably is the type of fabric that he'd use, or a type of real fabric. I, I would say there was no moment at Phantom Thread where I was like, hmm, this seems out of place. Uh, Everything felt completely of the time, so even like, if, to the tiniest Even detail. if he did lie to you at times during the movie. He did it convincingly. He okay. did it in a way that was unperceptible to me, where this is overtly perceptible. <laughs> I just think you're a bit more cynical towards science because you studied more science in college than you did... I mean, I don't know shit about uh, fabric. <laughs> I just know you bring it up a lot on this show. Only when it's because it's techno babble. It's just gibberish. It's <laughs> but nothing. if you don't understand it, why are you, why do you think that you understand it? It's it's not that I need to understand. It's just yes. like okay, if there was a basketball movie, mm-hmm. uh, and and then they had like a huddle at the end, and okay. like we got a score, okay. and the game plan was okay, guys. My plan is to shoot the ball through the hoops. That gets us two points. Okay. Because in basketball, if you're inside the arc, you get two points. And I think that's enough to, when added on to our score that we have now, that we win. <laughs> You'd be like, that's a dumb strategy. He just explained what shooting is, and we all know that. Well, I mean, not everybody. Yeah. But not that would be people. dumb as dialogue for LeBron James in a movie or something like that. <laughs> Like, it, it would be unbelievable because it's just, it's way too simple and it doesn't make sense for the situation they're in. This is equivalent and just that it's just really well, simple I'm just glad dialogue. That they explain... It doesn't make sense for the characters right, so to be talking. Just personally, see, I don't, I know you get the quantum realm, you understand vectors. I don't really that well. So yeah. I really like it when they can explain to me, like, what vectors But they aren't are. explaining it to you. That's what's frustrating to me. Like, I, I think it'd be funnier if, if they just, like, said some stuff to the camera, just like... To, to imply that they know that it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like Spider-Man and But they, they try saying, to kind of play it off like as if this is somehow real science, and it's just so clearly not. Well, I mean, it's not not science. It is not science. <laughs> it's just made up. Like, I mean, the whole premise of Ant-Man doesn't make sense to begin with. You don't think you can shrink matter? Not with the Pym particle? I mean, if you shrank him down that small, he'd be like a little black hole. Uh, he's not, though. How do you explain that, Mr. Science? Also, like, he, when he get, he shrinks, he maintains the amount of mass that he has, but when he seems to get bigger, he isn't incredibly light. Uh, he might be. So sometimes I mean, he, he conserves away. his mass and sometimes he doesn't. Maybe Giant Man works differently. Uh, clearly it does, because <laughs> he would be floating otherwise. So what did you think was the funniest scene in this movie? Um, that salt shaker, so funny. 
<laughs> this is a reference to a future episode <laughs> that you have not heard yet. Yeah, where Jordan said he will not watch this like this movie if there's a salt shaker. And there sure was. Well, he looked at me coyly in the theater. <laughs> uh, that was your favorite part. No. Okay. Uh, probably the Michael uh, Pena truth serum. The truth serum. Yeah. That was there's no great. such thing as truth serum mm-hmm. and that sort of. Yeah, I mean, because that gets to you think like as soon as you watch the first one, everyone's like. I need to see Michael Pena tell more stories. Yeah. Also, I'm thrilled you're calling him Michael Pena now and not Carlos. I know. <laughs> Did I you have to study that the whole way here? <laughs> not Carlos. Not Carlos. Yeah. Not Carlos. Uh. They only say his name, Michael Pena. Or, I mean, they don't say that. They say, I don't know his name in the movie off the top of my head. What does it say there? Yeah, I was just looking to see if it is. I mean, surely it's in here somewhere. Probably. Mike, uh, Mike, Mike, shoot. Is his name Mike? No, Michael Pena is probably what I was going Looks like Luis. Of. Luis, that's it. That's the one. Um, so do you, what about his ragtag group? Do you think the other two had as big a role in this? Uh, what's his name? The Russian guy at least yeah. had his little bit about Ghost being that Russian the folk Baba, thing. The Yabba Gabba. Yeah. The Babadook. The Babadook. Well, that's not what it yeah, was. Yeah, no, <laughs> Baba Yaga. I think is what it's called. Yeah. I mean, those two are fine. They're, they're much less interesting than, than Michael Payne. Yeah. yeah. Steals the show. Absolutely. My cousin texted me after he saw this movie and he said, I'm so glad they made Michael Payne the main character of this film. And it's now about Michael Payne. I, I would love for him to get a solo. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> a solo. And then film. he doesn't become a superhero in it. He's just going about. Do you think his they'd life. ever do that? Like just a comedy? You get Hannibal Burris and Michael Pena, just all these characters in these movies. Yeah. Like in the Avengers stuff is happening in the background, but there's no like superhero really stuff. It's not the focus. Yeah. They're just trying to get somewhere. Yeah. I would love that. Okay. That'd be my idea of a Marvel movie. Like, like. Uh, a kind of indie-ish like my dinner with Andre but in the background the city's being destroyed my dinner with Thanos (laughs) do you think people would watch that? no Mm, but it'd be super cheap for them to make that's true Michael Payne like they could do that for a million bucks give me a million bucks Marvel I'll make you one of those would you agree like if you're a rising star would you agree to be in a like a Michael Payne role knowing that you won't be in like a a bigger hero role you'd agree? yeah that's huge exposure. Anyone getting any role in a Marvel movie, a speaking role of any size. But then you can't make RDJ bucks. I cross that bridge when I. There's enough big franchises that if that was ever in my future, it you don't think there will ever be another big franchise? No, I'm saying there are enough that like if I was trying to cash in as a big action star, yeah. being in a Marvel movie at all is a good enough stepping stone to that get you should to the take, next yeah. place. Yeah. See, because I think after the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there will be no other franchises. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, big ones, anyway. Yeah, I also think, like, refusing a Marvel role early in your career yeah. based on the confidence that you'll later get... From being in the Marvel movie. Yeah. Well, well no, been... no, no, I'm saying saying rejecting that role early on in your career, banking on the fact that you'll be picked up later in an even bigger role, I think would be the height of arrogance. Uh, also, Tim Heidecker was in this. Yes, he was. Yeah. That, was that was a fun... Even though he, he was also in Fantastic Four. He was. Like, do you think he likes these two heroes? Uh, movie? I don't know. I, I was I, I thought it was great to yeah, see. Yeah, you laughed like, ah, at that part. Yeah, <laughs> even though he didn't really have any crazy. I guess it's he's no, just no, always he's ridiculous. Just a, he's just yeah. Whenever I see his face, <laughs> what did you? So what did you think about? It seemed kind of weird. I mean, it was fitting the way they did Big Ant Man on the boat scene. Yeah, but 
and there, I mean, he can't really fight anyone in this movie. There's no huge, mm-hmm. really, threat. So I kind of think that was... I mean, I liked it, because we get to see Big Ant-Man. Yeah. Or Goliath-Man, or whatever he's called. Um, but, I mean, I wanted to see... I want to see him do more stuff. I want yeah. him to fight, like, a dinosaur. Hmm. I also think, like, they do the mechanics well, where he, like, can't stand up straight, because he's just... He's so tall. And, and heavy really, for yeah. some reason. Where's that matter <laughs> Maybe he's light. From? Is that thing, like, sucked in from, like, the air around him? Where's that heaviness going? Maybe. That's how the pin particle works. See, if you listen to the science, maybe you would understand it more. Ugh. I really love the car, the car chase scene as yeah. well with the three cars going back, and they're all trying mm-hmm. to get this one thing, and they're driving down that zigzag road in San Francisco. It's yep. notably, like, impossible to zigzag down. Yep. Um, what did you think of Michael Douglas and Evangeline Lilly? Uh, boring. Really? They're Both the, of them. They're the least interesting part. What about the scene where... They just don't have the comedic chops that everyone else in the cast does. Hmm. So you would recast them? No. No. Uh, you have to have straight the, the straight people. Men. Yeah. Okay. Like, someone has to be concerned about the plot and stuff and just being genuine so did, that everyone can Did be you enjoy the scene where Janet Van Dyne becomes Paul Rudd and is very, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, because Paul Rudd's just acting very, like, Mm -hmm. motherly. Yeah. That you enjoyed that? Mm -hmm. Even though they were doing a lot of Quantum Realm stuff? Yeah, I mean, I was rolling my eyes in between it. (laughs) So what was your other favorite, like, what's your favorite scene? Not the funniest scene, but your favorite, like, Mm. action sequence. Did you like the the car car chase? chase? Yeah, it was pretty solid. Yeah, really great. I don't know if there's any other standout moments. Um, they get captured. Um, or yeah, I mean, that was a good And then the Altoids. Yeah. Um, and then Paul Rudd's daughter calls. Mm-hmm. She's like, help me find my shoes. Mm-hmm. It's an emergency. And then they put the Ant-Man suit on the bottom of the trophy, and he's little Paul Rudd for a while. I thought it was funny when they did. They made fun of uh, a, a, a hat and sunglasses not being a good disguise, because that's traditionally been the disguise for any undercover Marvel character forever. I think they were deliberately lampooning that. Where did they? When was that? When they were walking onto campus to find. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, wondering we why you were like laughing at this. Game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because because people Captain made fun America. of that on the internet. Yeah, it's yeah. just like like they're internationally famous people mm-hmm. and they put on sunglasses and a hat and they're yeah. totally invisible. Okay. So yeah. it's a self-aware joke. Yeah. Pretty good. Did you like uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character in this? Yeah, I mean, he didn't have too big of a role. Would you like? But he at least changed heart when it made sense for him to. So that was even though he was a little bit. Did you like his character? Would you like him to return? I wouldn't really care. Okay, his character wasn't that engaging. I mean, could do more stuff in a sequel. What would you like to see from an Ant Man sequel? Uh, I want them to look at the camera during like, or I want them to be saying science stuff that Mm -hmm. makes no sense. And then Paul Rudd looks at the camera and says something, and then they go like blah blah blah, and then he's like, "This doesn't matter anyway." And then it focuses back on the scene, and they're just going, they're talking again. You think they'd ever do that? I don't know. Oh, they might do it with Michael Pena. I could see them like they're they're talking, and then it goes to like from his point of view, mm-hmm. and like it like like uh like two people are having a conversation. He's standing behind them, camera wise, mm-hmm. and then the perspective flips. And then you hear his inner monologue, and they're just going, blah, 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 or whatever. And then his inner monologue is just, like, ignoring them or thinking about something totally different. And then it cuts back to them talking. And then he's he, like, looks over to Paul Rudd or something, like, what I miss? And mm-hmm. he's like, I ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. 
Because just to lampoon the fact that nothing that they're saying matters at all to any part of the movie. It's dialogue that's completely worthless, that does not add any content. It is just to fill up space. Uh, uh, What did the vector line add to you? I didn't know what vectors were before it. It, did I it know. explain them to you? Do you yeah. understand? What well, I know that we needed the vectors to get into the quantum realm. Okay. The vectors had to be aligned. And I was yeah. like, okay, I didn't know that we needed that to get vectors into the quantum realm. Vectors show like force on an object. Okay, good. Like the directions. That, like, so if I was to throw a ball, like the vectors that I would draw on a graph, there'd be mm-hmm. like well, an arrow pointing down that would be the force of gravity so on like, the ball. So and like, that'd be uh, the force that I threw it and there's the wind resistance pointing backwards the other way. So like four square at recess. Huh? Like four square at recess. How is, is like, this? You know Foursquare, the game? Yeah. Are like you just a studio executive trying to explain this? No, I, I think that's what you're explaining to me. Four I'm square. just explaining a ball. Uh, being thrown yeah. into a square, a Foursquare shaped object. I, I mean, I don't think I specified that. Well, I think that's It what, could be. Yes, but that's it's what not I'm asking. Can it be? I it could be, yes. Okay, I'm putting an image to whatever this vector is that you're describing. <laughs> yeah. And? So the forces on that ball would be like uh, the force of the hand... Then the air resistance the opposite way. When it hits the ground, it'd be the force of the ground acting on it. Mm-hmm. Those are what vectors are. Okay. And you're okay with the, the quantum realm tunnel itself? Like, that is an idea to Again, get it to doesn't make any sense. I just want the movie to show me less of them talking about this nonsense that they know doesn't make sense. Do you think... I don't... Like, if I put together a compilation of all the techno babble in this movie, uh-huh. it'd be like seven minutes long. And I don't need seven minutes of techno battle. How much that do is you boring. Need? None. Well, how do you understand what vectors are? They don't explain what vectors are in the movie. I feel like I knew. But you didn't. I feel like I knew how they contributed to the quantum realm. No, you knew the, all that all that line communicated to yes. you is that there's some random vague problem that means we can't do this now. This yep. way we can have a fight. Okay. And they did. Yeah. Okay, and we got there. We got to the fight. Yes. But the line itself meant nothing. But the line itself was just gibberish. So the, you're saying the fight was The subtext was, let's have a fight. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's you don't want them to fight? Is that really why you're upset? No, I'm upset <laughs> because they include lines that mean nothing in the movie. I mean, it means they want to fight, apparently. You just said there's a subtext there. Ugh, but it's, <laughs> it's dialogue for the sake of filling in gaps that's just... I don't know. It's it's pointless. So we did we get to the detective scene where he's shuffling the cards. They randomly walk in and he's trying to learn the card tricks. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's pretty that's funny. funny. Yeah, that was probably my second favorite. Yeah. So how does this stack up against all of your other like comedy wise Marvel? Do you think this is second to Ragnarok or do you? Yeah, think it's, it's probably second War? or third. Do you think Infinity War was funnier than this? Mm, no. Oh, I still think Infinity War is probably the funniest one I've seen. Mm. No, I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or something's above that. Well, they're in Infinity War, and they have yeah. the best jokes yeah. that any of them have ever cracked in Infinity know. See, War. See, Infinity War, you just don't... The problem I with it is so that there's much. so much to put in it yeah. that you get... And they nail it. ...that you it. don't have time to develop everything. So it's just a shallow version of seven stories happening at once instead of a good version of one story happening. Do you think if you watch this and Avengers 4 back-to-back... Uh, or Avengers 3 and Avengers 4 back-to-back, you'll you'll be like, wow, this is like one really long movie, and they fit everything in perfectly. Uh, probably not. Why? That's more time. One, I just never see myself sitting it down and doing that. That's a, a lot of, to watch. What if you're thing. on one of those patented family road trips where you watched all three Lord of the Rings? I'd probably just rather re-watch those. <laughs> <laughs> then Marvel? Yes. Hmm. 
Absolutely, those Trump Marvel. I should definitely rewatch those. They definitely they, they're starting them. to feel their age. Like yeah, you're like oh, those effects are old. Yeah, that's but kind of the vibe but it's fine. Like they they hold up. Like like because a lot of it was still practical. Like. Mm-hmm. The way they made uh, Frodo small and Gandalf big was like they had like the tables and the table was split in half mm-hmm. and then they'd move all of them on tracks at different speeds yeah. so that it seemed good. Like that effect was always going to age well because it's like it's in camera. I mean, then, you know, they have like the Eye of Sauron and the Army of the Dead. Yeah. Or those things weird that they can't film. sequences where like someone's swinging a sword and like it's slowed down. So like the frames are like choppy. Like whoo. I don't know if I've noticed that. Yeah, I was. Very That's the thing that life. movies just did in general in the early two thousands. Mm. That's kind of just like one of those things. Yeah, and they thought it was a timeless technique. Mm-hmm. Or like, how many times you see this in an old movie like that? Someone drops something and it bounces on the ground in slow motion, like. Yes. Yeah, that happens so many times. Timeless. Oh no! I dropped the thing. It happens in Daredevil. The I bet the movie we watched. Yeah. The O three, yeah, well, it's the exact type of movie that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, like a good movie. Well, it happened in Lord of the Rings, which were good movies. Okay, good movies have that effect. Some do. So, he, Paul Rudd's off of House Arrest. Did you like that whole trope? But like House where Arrest. he's under house arrest and he keeps getting the ant to I mean, sub in for him. It was an okay plot. I like how they to give him like a heightened. And I thought how this was good, like conflict. What has he been doing while he's Infinity War has been happening? Yeah. Um, House arrest. Yeah. And then he's been researching the quantum realm and all that. So I like how this was a good backstory. I think this is a very good point to pick up the story since the first movie to happen after Ant-Man 1 was Civil War. Yeah, I bet if he didn't have a daughter, he would have uh, Bruce Bannered and just dipped around the globe for a while. Maybe. I wouldn't You want two, two Bruce Banners? No, I'm just saying if I was him, I would sure. prefer that. Like, I have superpowers. Why am I going to stay in this? Like, it's really hard to keep a guy in jail who can shrink very tiny. Yeah. They'd have to take the suit from you. But then he can't be by his family. Yeah, exactly. Which, He's guess, got a family, yeah. so it keeps him tied. <laughs> a close ex-wife and cop. Yeah. He definitely had a bigger role in the first one. But yeah. I mean, they were fine. Yes. Yeah. All right, so that uh, post-cred sequence... Yeah, let's not talk about it. Let's leave that <laughs> At <in> all? <laughs> <laughs> to the fans? Yeah, so as soon as that post-credit sequence, I was like, well, this has something to do with yeah, Thanos. it's got to. Yeah. It has to. Uh, and so then he goes down into the quantum realm, and while he's down there... The snap happens, and yeah. Evangeline Lily's calling him back <laughs> up, like, we're coming to get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at, right before she gets to the number two, doesn't happen. Yep. Uh, and it turns out that all three... Uh, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, and Michelle Pfeiffer have all uh, evaporated. Yeah. thanos They've been thanos So, Paul so Rudd's kind of stuck in the quantum realm. Well, yeah. see, the thing is, I think they wanted it to be a bigger cliffhanger. Like, yeah. that is a cliffhanger that they all evaporated. I really like how they tied it into the movie. But I think, like, I mean, he's already got out of the quantum realm once. Mm-hmm. Like, after he was really small. Yeah. He'll probably do you figure think- out how to do it again. Or, another thing, is the quantum realm could exist in kind of, like, between dimensions. Mm-hmm. So it could be that his signal gets picked up by, like, imagine if this gets uh, leftovers and the snap actually just yeah. splits the worlds in two. Okay. He could be found by the them and the other universe, and they get pulled out, and then they realize they're in a different universe, and they want to get back to their first universe for some reason, and that's how they bring all the heroes back. So do you think if you get from, raptured, they, like, you go they, to the quantum realm? Or that's no, no, you just go to the other side. So, like, um, 
imagine it as like you know a hotel room with like the adjoining door between them. Mm-hmm. So when the rapture happened or whatever, they split into the two different hotel rooms. Okay. And so then, uh, man's in the bathroom. Well, he's in the door in between, which is usually the bathroom. No, no, the the door adjoining two hotel rooms. You sometimes you share a bathroom. You'd never shout to share a bathroom. You're thinking of like a dorm room. That's kind of similar. It's like yeah, a let's use that analogy stay. then, since okay. that one you understand. Okay, great. So they're in two different uh, a dorm, dorm room suites. Okay, nice. And Ant Man is in the bathroom, okay. which is the quantum realm. That's okay, good. And so then he's going to go out to the other suite mm-hmm. from the one he started in, oh. and they'll all be waiting there for him. And then the, they, using their technology, will walk Spider Man and all the other people who died. Through the bathroom into the first That's suite interesting. to kill Thanos. Do you think how what percent sure are you are you just like I'm I'm spitballing. Okay. I but mean, I think that could happen. Like they could all tunnel everyone through the quantum realm back to the universe. That's that plausible. With. So far, all of the promotional material or they mentioned all of the promotional material moving forward for Avengers 4 won't have those people. Won't have the people who were raptured yeah. in it because they're gone. Yeah. And but they'll it, obviously be in the movie. Yes. At the end. I'm curious how big a role. I hope small. I hope they keep it to the like the third act. Where they all come back? Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be what happens. Honestly. Or maybe you could tease it a little bit. Like in the first act, like or at the end of the first act, you see him getting taken out mm-hmm. of the quantum realm by them. Or he gets found or something. Yeah. And then you, you're you like, they're like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> Thanos Just is like doing that. stuff. Yeah, and so then you like tease it, but they don't have any role except for to get back. Hmm. Like I don't want them to come back at the beginning of Act Two, and okay. then it's just an ensemble fight again. Yeah, I hope that the driving force of this movie is all the Avengers that are left, the OG Avengers. Yes, and then the movie resolves by them saving the other half. And I do think that is honestly going to be it, just because yeah. these the rest of these people's contracts are going. They need yeah. to sort of usher in the and new age. And they do like a switcheroo where all these people die saving them. Yeah, that would and, be... and that way you end all their contracts, <sighs> and they, it's like the. That pays off. You get all your new people back because they were never gone to begin with. <laughs> so, do you think Gamora and Vision and all them? Not, not necessarily Gamora. They're just because she died. She died independently of the snap. So is she in I a think different dorm room? Uh, I think she might just be dead, which is out outside of the so dorm if room you, completely in the quad. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get raptured, yeah, you just end up in a different dorm room. I'm just trying to picture this, Maybe, this yeah. plane of existence. Yeah, Thanos just split instead of... He's like, it's too crowded in this dorm room. Okay. I don't have room to drink from my solo cup. <laughs> that is classic Thanos. <laughs> Always trying to drink. Yeah. And so then he snapped, everyone went to the other dorm room. Mm-hmm. And now it's like 50-50. And now I do like the idea of Ant-Man being in the divide, the bathroom. Yeah. That great metaphor that I came up with. <laughs> but I Because you apparently have never been to a hotel room with a joining door in between. In all the promotional material I've seen, Ant-Man is hanging out with Captain America and Iron Man and hmm. that gang. Oh. I'm just curious how... Well, maybe he go- he gets taken back out. He tells them about the quantum realm. Or maybe, like, while he's down there, he hears voices of some other people on the yeah. other side of the quantum realm. Sure. I think they're probably going to be funneled through there somehow. So Iron Man and Nebula are on Mars, mm-hmm. and I, so I don't think that they're going to, like, meet up with Ant-Man anytime soon. I'm trying to think who meets up with Ant-Man. There's no one really in the city. Maybe Captain Marvel, but we don't know where she's, where she's yeah. at. And then the rest of the Avengers are in Wakanda hmm. without Black Panther. Yeah. But they have a lot of tech at their disposal. 
Well, yeah, I mean, they can get out of Wakanda. They're not stranded there. Did the uh, smart girl get snapped out? Shuri, the sister. Yeah. Of, I think she stayed. Okay. Because that's probably helpful. Yeah. Well, they have Bruce Banner. Yeah. Who is, I mean, pretty smart. Not as smart as her. No. And plus, she's, that's all her She's technology. basically established as the smartest character in the franchise. Probably. Definitely the Black Panther franchise. I mean, Tony Stark would be the only other contender, right? Uh, I don't know. They're all pretty smart. Yeah, but isn't... I mean, he the tech that he comes up with is, like, the best in the world. So this... I mean, yeah, but that was before we introduced all these other smart people. I guess Thor and Captain America aren't really smart. Mm-mm. And then... Pretty much everyone else is a scientist, more or less. Spider-Man's smart, but he's like Tony Stark smart. Well, and he's a kid. So he's only going to get smarter. Yeah. So what do you just... I just How does Avengers 4 start? That's what I want to know. Mm. What do you think the Captain Marvel post-creds is going to be? Captain Marvel Is she just going to show up to Earth and be like, my people need me? What if uh, Captain Marvel's post credit scene mm. ends with her running in, running into uh, some of the snapped away Avengers? So, like, Where? you think she's on normal Earth the whole time, but then it, you find out at the very end she's actually been on the alternate universe Earth the entire time. That would be interesting. But they called her, or Sam Jackson called her on his, mm-hmm. which theoretically only goes to one dimension. But what if it doesn't? Hmm. What if they'd already That'd been be doing research into the quantum realm? So you're definitely saying that that's what's going to happen. I'm saying that's a possibility. <laughs> a definite yes. Wow. Um, are you ready to give your review? Uh, yeah, what did I give ant You gave it a three. A three? Yes. I'll probably do like a 3.3. You mean 3.33 re- repeating? Yes. Okay, because that's a third. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Bruce Banner, Vision, Spider-Man, and the Wasp. <laughs> I don't know why. The combo. Yeah. Wait, that's a half. Bruce Banner's a half. Hulk's a full. Uh, Hulk, then. Okay, nice. <laughs> uh, mine were, because I didn't finish because you interrupted me with sure. your crazy fractions. Um, mine is 4.75, so I'll do... Just do a 4.66. No, wait, because then you need no, two wasps. No, because then I need two wasps, and we don't have that yet. Yeah. So we have Big Ant-Man, because that's two. Uh-huh. Um, and we have Iron Man. And we have Star-Lord, because mm-hmm. I still feel kind of bad you were so mean to him during our Avengers Infinity War oh, podcast. He was a big fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I will put my, oh, Bruce Banner and... Oh, shit, I need Tiny Ant-Man. Or I'll do Bruce Banner and a Wasp, mm-hmm. and then it's 8.83. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good. Yep, there you go. Okay, nice. And that has been this. Oof, do you, this is this is a big like this is the last Marvel movie we're gonna watch. Yep. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nah, nah, I've been joining people's and Marvel sucks. Oh, you still think that? Yeah. But I mean, I give this a three. Point three three. three. Yeah. Repeating. That three was all just a humor increase. Everything else kind of just as bad. One, li- I, my only thing that I think impacted this film was the several good films that came out right before it. Like you I think, think this is worse. Yeah, I think this is the weakest Phase Three film. Probably, but uh, it's only because that stupid sciency mumbo jumbo. I don't I think if to. you put for I, me, that's like the equivalent of when they kept qu- cutting to the Queen of Blades or whatever, Queen of Death and Queen Ragnarok. of Blades. 
Oh, Hella. Yeah. Queen was she Death. not some like Queen of Blades? Well, she had a lot of swords, and like her head was. So she was the the. Pointy. She was Death incarnate. Yeah, sure. She was. She just... had a lot of blades. <laughs> the Queen of Blades. Queen of Blades. Uh huh. Well, maybe that can be her name. Maybe yeah. we can make a movie. All right, I've been Jordan Peoples, and Marvel has sucked. I'm Cade Weiberg, and we will see you at Captain Marvel opening night.